Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. You know what time it is. It is time for leeway. Um, this has been a historic weekend, to say the least. We've had an election that took <laughs> over three days to happen. We've had some upsets in college football. We've had some scares in the NFL. So there's much to talk about today. Um, I'm not 100% right now. It hasn't been one of my best days, but we're going to rock it out because you got to start the week off right. Am I right or am I right? All right. So coming up, we're going to have a, a, a nice little chat about what's transpired over the past, I guess, what, seven days now? Something like that. So you all stay tuned. You're listening to KSWHLP 102.5 FM, The Pulse in Arkadelphia. All right, you guys, welcome back. Like I told you all, I'm not not feeling my best today, but we're going to keep it rocking. I won't say too much, but I'll get to the, the main topics over the, from over the weekend. Congratulations to President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. It has been um, a long week of elections i voted on tuesday and didn't found out i didn't find out until what was it friday maybe saturday i think it was friday yeah didn't find out till friday that um mr biden hit 270 before mr mr trump did so i won't go too deep into that but congratulations to him i'm sure there is more information that's going to come out over the next several weeks i think there are some lawsuits that have been filed by the uh trump campaign party well the trump campaign uh team so we'll be standing by to hear what that's about which i don't think those are gonna um stand they're not gonna hold up he was just i think he was just uh fearful that what was gonna happen what did happen was gonna happen so you get what i'm saying but, yeah, congratulations to uh, President-elect Biden and Madam Vice President-elect uh, Harris. Anyways, college football. Since last week we started with the NFL, this week we're going to start with college football. Arkansas. We started uh, started the first half of that game against Tennessee 13-0 uh, to at halftime. I don't know what's up with that. I watched, but like I told you all previously – you can't really watch Arkansas games. You just have to turn them on and let them be. <laughs> because if you watch or pay attention to them and start cheering them on and speaking too highly of them, that's when you start seeing uh, the disappointments happen. So I turned the game on, let it sit there and watch. Every now and then I turn my head over or check the ESPN app to see what the score was. And when they went into the locker room at halftime, it was 13-zip. I'm looking at um, the score summary right now. Yeah, uh, Tennessee scored a field goal in the first quarter and then a touchdown and a field goal in the second quarter. Arkansas really had not too much action in the first half at all, which is reflective of the score at halftime. And let me see if I can pull up the uh, play-by-plays. I hope everyone is having a, a, a good Monday, though. 
since, you know. Today feels like it's the start of, like, a new era. And we'll get to, to some of the reasons why I feel that way in a, in a few minutes. But, yeah, today feels a little different. Of course, for me, it hadn't been on the best note, but you got to finish the day on the right note in order for you to be considered a, a good day. You can't let the whole day be bad just because the, the start of the day was. So, anyways, looking at the uh, play summary, the possession summaries, Tennessee capitalized on their first possession of the game. Uh, they ended it with a field goal. Arkansas punted their first possession. Then Tennessee scored a touchdown on their second possession. So it looks like, based on time of possession, Tennessee held the ball most of the first half. Yeah. Arkansas actually missed the field goal in the, uh, what, the second quarter? Yeah, they missed the field goal in the second quarter. That's not good at all, which Arkansas has been – their special teams is always kind of in the middle there. They're never just exceptional, but they're never terrible either. So I guess you kind of get what you get with that. We ha- They haven't had a, a great punter in, like, what, a couple of seasons now? Anyways, so Arkansas comes out in the second, uh, second half, scores a touchdown. Tennessee punts on their first two possessions, actually. Arkansas scores, what, how many points in the third quarter? Arkansas scores 24 points. Basically, they 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 did all of their damage in the third quarter. They scored 24 points, and Tennessee didn't score again in the – so basically what happened to Arkansas in the first half is what happened to Tennessee in the second half. No no possessions were, were score possessions for, for uh, the Volunteers in the second half. So Arkansas has always been uh, known to either start a game great – and then not hold off, or they um, play terribly bad in the first half and then try and stage a comeback, and that's kind of what happened in uh, this game, even though it it turned out in their favor this time, but it doesn't always. So looking at Felipe Frank's stats, Felipe Franks was 18 of 24, 215 yards, three touchdowns. Tennessee's quarterback was six for nine, 65 yards, two interceptions. Shout out to um, the freshman for the Razorbacks uh, that had the two receptions. I think his name was uh, Cala. I I'm not gonna try. It. Let me let me make sure I get it right. Uh, Catalan, yeah, Catalan had uh he had one reception and then I mean one interception and then Gregory had the other. And Catalan's interception, I think, took place at the very at like at the at the end of the game. It was at the very end of the game, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to to Arkansas's defense for for playing a a, a great second half because it didn't look like they played the first half. Moving forward for Arkansas, now that they are, let me see what their record is. They're three and three, so they're at five hundred. So if they were to stay 500 for the rest of the year, I think they could hit a bowl eligibility. They'll be bowl eligible. Like I said, my prediction at the beginning of the year was they'll win five games. Um, they play Florida next week, so that'll be a, a 
if they win that, that'll definitely be a statement game because Florida is four and one, and Florida just came off of a win this past weekend over their uh, division rival uh, Georgia. They beat not not only did they beat Georgia, it looked like they uh, did they smoke them. Let me see. Yeah, they they forty four twenty eight them. So. Uh, Kyle Trask is definitely, if he's not in Heisman conversation at this point, he should be. If he wasn't before, he should be. Because there's no reason a, a guy should be playing like this and not get the respect that he deserves. So shout out to Kyle Trask, um, especially beating Georgia, who's supposedly the number one defense in the SEC in front of uh, Arkansas. And I think it's another team in between there. But, yeah, so they play Florida next week. Then LSU, it's going to be odd not seeing the battle of the boot to begin the, uh, I mean, to end the season. Because usually LSU is the last game on Arkansas' schedule. But because of things changing and switching around this year, LSU is called in the middle. They play them November 21st. Then Arkansas plays Missouri. And then um, Alabama finishes off the season for Arkansas. So a couple of, of scary games I guess you say for Arkansas ahead but the LSU game won't be it's not as it doesn't have big implications this year because of the way LSU is playing LSU is two and three coming off of a national championship season Missouri is two and three (laughs) so yeah Arkansas will be playing uh two teams with outstanding winning records and then Two teams that are not so great this year. Uh, anyways, moving forward, Arkansas. I think that they uh, they lose to Florida next week. They beat LSU. They beat Missouri. And they play a, a surprisingly close game against Alabama. How close? I don't know. I won't call it because I had a prediction this past weekend that was way off. But we'll see what happens. Moving on, I have about a few seconds left in this segment, but uh, Clemson, that is the game I've been wanting to see. I wanted them to struggle against somebody. Seeing the team blow out everybody every year for the past three years has been boring to watch. I don't really want to um see that. So for Notre Dame to come out and do exactly what I hope they do, was was uh it did my it did my heart merry. So uh it took a double overtime to get it done, but Notre Dame defeated Clemson in what could be the upset of the year. Forty seven to forty in double overtime. Now I watched the very ending of that game from the fourth quarter going into uh the overtime periods. I was keeping a, a game cast, a score track up the whole night, but I saw, I watched, I tuned in to the end of the game, and uh, that was that was one for the books right there. I was I was happy to watch that game. What does that mean for Clemson? Well, no, now they're not number one in the nation anymore, and I have the AP top twenty-five poll pulled up. So looking at the the top twenty-five now, Alabama is number one, Notre Dame is number two. So Notre Dame jumped from four to two after that win. Ohio State is three. Clemson is now number four. Okay, so they didn't move terribly far. They're still in the playoff uh, 
<laughs> the playoff uh, proposal, well, propositions, the possibilities, let's let's say that. They're in the playoff possibility still. They're as number four. Texas A&M is right behind them at number five. Florida is number six. So looking at this right now, it looks like you could have one, two, three. If it's a six, if it's a six-team format, you could have three SEC teams in the college football playoffs. Even if it's a, a, a eight-team format, it'll still be four teams or three teams in the uh SEC in the college football playoffs. So it's it's and it's I mean it's Interesting seeing Texas A&M being one of those teams, even though they've played very well. Their RPI really is what's carrying them right now because they're five and one, and usually at five and one as an SEC team, you don't really uh you don't really get to see the top five in the nation <laughs> right beside your name. But because of the caliber of teams that A&M has played this year and their their rankings offensively and defensively. They've been given the uh, opportunity to be in the top five in the nation. So, congrats to A&M. Uh, moving forward, we'll see how the SEC West plays out. Because I don't know if A&M has played Alabama. They probably have. Or if they haven't, they probably won't. So, looking at the SEC title game right now, it's going to be a different scene this year. If things stay the same, Alabama will, will go to the SEC championship for another year. And Florida will have the advantage over Georgia if it comes down to a a tie situation or even if Georgia just happens to lose a game from here until then, Florida would be in the SEC championship game as of right now. Will Florida beat Alabama? I don't know. Kyle Trask is putting up 400 passing yards. Well, yeah, about 400 passing yards a game this year, so – um, I don't think I don't think that uh anybody has cracked the code on on Kyle Trask yet. So it'll be a different scene for Alabama because they're not used to seeing a quarterback that they can't lock down. Not saying that they can't lock Kyle Trask down, we just don't know yet. And then they don't they they once again they're a team that hasn't really faced too much competition this year. So who will be that game that's going to put Alabama on the edge of their seats? Like, oh, wow, are we going to lose? Is there a chance that we'll lose? I think it could be Florida. So I'll say that if they were to beat Alabama, Florida would win by less than 10 points. Yeah, less than 10 points. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, UCA didn't play this weekend. So, yeah, those were the major points that I wanted to cover in college football this weekend. I think Trevor Lawrence returns next week, if I'm not mistaken. He was on the sidelines this weekend, and I saw him on camera, too, and I was like, if you're supposed to be in quarantine, why are you even at the game? More so on the sidelines. Then tried to get in the huddle with them. No, bro, you're supposed to be... <laughs> off to the edge somewhere. If you're gonna be there, stay out the way. I know you want to, you know, stay in the mix with everything going on and all that, but you're a, a health concern. You can't be with the team right now. You just have to support from a distance. So, and then I don't know how uh, how that's working out with these, because uh, you know Nick Saban got out of his quick, so I don't know why 
they didn't do that for Trevor Lawrence or maybe they're doing it right now we just don't know 